Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. And if I can help you reach your financial goals while taking on less risk, you know where to find me. You can always book a one-on-one strategy session with myself at hunterlowry.com. There is a link there to my personal calendar. Well, guys, a little bit of a different episode today. I am doing an interview with a good friend of mine, Maria Casillas. And Maria is a financial coach, Um, a little bit different than a financial advisor, but she's really, really just an expert on the behavioral side of money. She's great with budgeting and overall just your emotional relationship that you have with your finances. So she's an amazing financial coach and I really enjoyed speaking with her because she has a super unique perspective on money. And you know, a lot of times we talk about what's happening with interest rates, what are some of the macro events going on, um, what are some strategies for your personal financial planning. And we talk a lot about numbers and things, right? Um, But again, Maria does an excellent job relaying that back to the emotional side of financial planning. Because again, financial planning is 80% behavioral. It's only 20% actual head knowledge. So it's really, really important to to talk about these things in my mind and go back and look at the behavioral side and why we do things and why we're motivated to do certain things and how we can help ourselves understand our own behaviors better. So again, I had an absolute great time talking with Maria. She's very, very intelligent. And I really think that you're going to like her perspective that she has on things. So believe it or not, you get two finance nerds talking and (laughs) we went on for quite a while. We had a great conversation. Like I said, it it just ended up lasting about 45 minutes. So I'm going to cut it into two different segments here. And this is going to be part one of the interview. So I hope that you guys enjoy. Awesome. Well, thank you, Maria, for uh, jumping on here and joining me today. Uh, For those of you that don't know Maria Casillas, she has her own podcast as well, which we're going to talk about at the end here. But um, she is a total expert in the behavioral aspects of money, which, you know, I talk about it a lot on my show, Maria. You know, uh, personal finance is only 20 percent brain power and 80 percent uh, behavior. So I'm super excited to talk with you, um, you know, being an expert on that behavioral side. So uh, thanks for jumping on here with me today. You bet. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, so just to kick it off, um, in terms of your personal coaching program, tell me a little bit about the process that you like to take people through to help them build better habits. Because, you know, everybody can tell you probably, hey, 
I know that I'm not good at budgeting or I know that I like to shop on Amazon Prime too often. But mm -hmm. in terms of actually making that change, how, how do you take your clients through that process and help them with that? Yeah. So before I answer the actual process, I'm going to go back to why I do that in the first place. And I can tell you that because of what you just said, so many people know the numbers, you know, they've sat down, whether it's with financial advisors like yourself, or they've sat down with just budget coaches, and they can identify what it is that they're, quote, wasting their money on, but they don't understand why the heck they're doing it in the first place. And so where I like to go with people is to get to the heart of the motivation. The only reason that we don't make any changes, especially long-term ones, is because we don't have that real strong-rooted motivation for something. So I believe that in order to find that motivation, we really have to know what drives us in the first place. So my process actually is a little bit flipped from what you hear most people talking about. I like to, instead of going right with, okay, let's look at your income, how much do you have coming in? And now let's look at the outgo and we'll just look at the difference and then we figure out what to cut. To me, that just seems very, um, A, it's boring. Like, let's just call that what it is. Uh, but it also feels very scarce. Uh, it feels like we are removing things. And people, just human behavior says, if you're going to remove something, we naturally want to just binge on that thing, which you're trying to remove. And so if you say you can no longer have Starbucks, all of a sudden we've got this huge craving for Starbucks and it goes from three times a week to a daily thing. And all, you know what I'm saying? For so sure, what I yeah. Like yeah. So what I'd like to do instead is have people reverse engineer their motivation. So we start with who are you? <laughs> like, who do you want to become? What type of person are you? And what, like, what do you envision yourself to be as a future you? So in your case, we'd be like, okay, we're going to focus on who's the future hunter. Now it's good to know who the present hunter is, but we also want to see what is that what is that goal you have, that vision you have of who you are in the future? So we start there. Then when it comes to actually looking at their current behaviors, I start with color. To me, I don't know. I have that creative mind and it's just, it. I'm a homeschooler. I'm a homeschool mom right now. And I know that in order to teach somebody something, you have to do something more than one way. So if we can get into that kid side of somebody, even like that adult male who's like, you want me to do what right now? You want me to hold this color and actually color something? It just removes us from feeling like we need to do the right thing, have the right answers all the time. And it puts us in a different position. So I utilize color and I assign color to different transactions. So instead of pulling out a calculator, we pull out color. They're not like looking at all of the transactions and saying, well, here's how much we spent here, 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 and here. Instead, I have them color code their statements so that they can look for patterns because that's what behavior is. It's just, it's patterns. So when we find those patterns in the behavior, then we can say, okay, according to these different categories, and I'll tell you what, Hunter, I don't use categories like eating out and uh, you know housing and transportation. I do at some point, but in this particular exercise, I don't do that. Instead, what I have people do is look at what are some of the essentials? You highlight your essentials in one color. What are some of the indulgences that you are identifying? You hide that, highlight that in a different color. Uh, what are some of the things you're doing that make an impact for other people? Where are you paying it forward? And where are you creating legacy choices for yourself? So I have them do it in those five categories instead. 
And what that does is it allows them to see, like I said, patterns of, if you've seen a lot of green, that means you're actually putting yourself and your legacy ahead of some of those extra indulgences. If you're seeing a lot of blues and it's heavy blue, which is like the essentials, you start asking yourself, are these true essentials for me? Do I need to prioritize differently? Or is it exactly how it needs to be? And I want to shift somewhere else. It just allows them to see that without looking at the actual numbers. So once they look at the pattern, then we assess their trajectory. Are they on the right path? If they are pointed in the right direction, then we just double down on what they're doing. But chances are they're not pointed in the right direction or they wouldn't be coming to me for help. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we figure out like, what is that direction? And then I have them dole out their dollars according to their values. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but we, I believe very strongly that if you have a value system in place and you can say, I am spending, saving, and investing according to these values that I have, you're going to feel so much better no matter what the decision is that you make. And it just makes the decision-making process that much easier. Man, I, I really, really like that idea. I've never heard of that strategy before because, you know, from my background and looking at everything, it, it's much more about the numbers, like you said. I mean, yeah. I'm constantly, I'm always pulling my calculator out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to actually break it down in that manner, and it really simplifies things, but in a good way, right? And it, and it helps um, to, to categorize it like that. I mean, that was a, an epiphany for even myself. I've never thought of going about that. Normally, like you said, it's just how much am I spending and how much am I making and what's our difference? I mean, it's, right. it's the way that I think about it is a lot of times black and white, but, um, how you just described that it must make the process much, much easier, um, for people to identify either what they're doing good or what they want to be able to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, I want to do, I want to come back to this, but before I do that, I want to let you know that the last part of the process is to track and measure results. So I don't want you to think that we're not keeping track of some of the numbers. We are measuring our results. We're, we're trying to see that, but you see how I reverse engineered that. So it's totally. actually the last step rather than starting there. Uh, now I want to get back to what you had said about, um, Let's see, what, what was it that you said? It was along the lines of uh, when you simplify stuff. Oh, what I didn't mention was I do have them color code all of that. But what I also do is I let them know, listen, you don't have to put a color on every single transaction that you're seeing on your statements right now. So they have to intentionally decide, was this an essential purchase? Was this an indulgence? And by the way, there's no like slapping of the hands when there are indulgences. We want there to be a healthy amount of indulgences in something. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but have the, was it an intentional thing? So I'm going to use Starbucks as an example. It's, it's just a really powerful example with them because what I've said to them is, you know, you might be going to Starbucks to meet your sister who you haven't seen in a really long time and you're wanting to connect with her. Now you are making an impact in that person's life. You're connecting, you're having that, that specific connections, right? That's going to be different than say, maybe I were to meet you at a Starbucks and maybe we're trying to, you know, create a collaboration for business, for example, that's going to be more along that legacy line, like because, you know, me building a business, that's going to help build my legacy. So that would be a completely different category. And then perhaps there's this opportunity where you're driving to pick up your kid from school and it's three o'clock and your, your wheel of your car just happens to turn around. And you end up in a Starbucks line and you're like, how did I even get here? 
That, hey, that is neither one of those colors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, and that's even different than like, if you say, you know what, right now I, I'm craving that, um, Starbucks that I had already budgeted for, and that's an indulgence. But that other one that I mentioned where you, your car just kind of goes, that's just a habit. And it's something that you can't say with integrity that you did intentionally. And so on that case, you leave it blank. And what oh. I do at the end of this exercise is I say to them, now, anything that you have left blank is waste. And the looks on their faces are, are like, oh my gosh, I've been wasting this amount of money. But it's not me telling them that they wasted it. Because I reverse engineered this and they made a specific decision about which category, which color that was, then when it's blank, they had decided it was waste, not me. That is such a motivator for people because now they're not feeling like, well, she told me I couldn't do this. I'm not authoritarian with it. They are actually the ones saying, oh yeah, it's not serving me. It's not serving my future. It's not serving these values that I have set out for myself. And so they decide that they want to cut some of that out. Uh, That's so awesome. I mean, a couple of things that I super love about that. Number one, if I see a Starbucks transaction on my um, on my statement, <clears throat> number one, there was something went really weird that month. That's for sure. But also, <laughs> I never think past you know that it's just eating out. Like I, I don't think about well, what did I do that for? Um, mm-hmm. So that's really really cool that you have them dive deeper into it. Um, and the other thing that I super like about it is the accountability part because personally, even for my own budgeting. I actually do it manual every month, which some people mm-hmm. might think is crazy, but um, I have an Excel sheet that I physically write in every single transaction that I made every month. And it has a, it, it, for a mental reason, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I went over budget on this aspect. And when I have to physically type that in, it, you have an emotional uh, reaction to it, which is, you know, just like you're saying, when you have to color code those things and they say, holy cow, there's a lot that I left out as waste. You know, a lot of times if you're just using some sort of a budgeting tool that does it all for you and it's kind of all up in the cloud of who knows where these expenses are actually going, it's hard to have that accountability to actually pinpoint where those issues are at. So I think that is an awesome exercise. I've never heard of that before. So um, I'm glad you shared that with everybody. Yeah, well, it's probably because, I mean, it's something I made up. So it's probably why you've never heard of it before. Well, it's very Um, smart. Well, thank you. it's, It's something that has just kind of been born out of working with people and recognizing what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Uh, and I, you mentioned the eating out. I actually, when we do budgeting, cash flowing, whatever it is that you want to call it, we actually put on there uh, like dining out for convenience and dining out for connection. Like I actually have them decide ahead of time. If, if we're working together and they're deciding ahead of time what they're going to spend, we actually break those out into two different categories. It just adds that extra layer of intentionality. It also adds that recognition that it's okay to sometimes just eat out for convenience. Like there is this thing, it's a four letter word and it's called life. It happens and it's okay to recognize that it happens, build it into your plan so that when it happens, it doesn't completely throw you off. Yeah, no, for sure. Again, I I think that that is an awesome idea. I really, really like all of that. Um, So moving over a little bit to some current events, right? Uh, (laughs) And I think this is right up your alley with all of the mindset stuff, because 
There is so much negativity out there that you can find. I mean, open up Yahoo Finance, any news-related website, anything, you're going to see all this stuff, right? Yeah. We have inflation issues. We have the Fed raising interest rates. We have banks that are failing now. The stock market sucks. I mean, what is going right, it almost feels like sometimes. <laughs> so what types of roadblocks, you know, as you're building these, these things with your clients, what are you hearing from them that is, you know, all these negative things just making them difficult um, for them to accomplish what you guys are working on and how do you help them navigate some of those roadblocks that they're bringing to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'm going to give two answers and let you know that it's different for somebody who had been working with me for a little while versus somebody who's just now seeing this crunch and kind of in that panic mode, because somebody who's been working with me for a little while, they're they're not as panicked because they've been working on their mindset. They've been spending, saving and investing according to their values. And so it's not as much of a, oh no, what do we do now? It's kind of like, well, because we set ourselves in this correct trajectory, we're not feeling that pinch anymore. We have that peace of mind set aside. You know, we're, and that's what I call, I don't call it an emergency fund. Uh, I believe in saving for what you want, not what you want to avoid. So I want peace of mind. That's why we have a peace of mind fund. Uh, so they they have that put in place and they're not as freaked out about what's going on. Now, when they go to a store and they see that something costs a lot more, they, they, they're going to have to adjust a little bit, but they get to decide where do I want to adjust that from? It's not that panic of, you know, do I really, really need this right now? Uh, I'm going to give you a good example. There's, I heard this on a radio the other day. And it actually really, it, I'm like, this is this is a perfect example of what I like to deem as essentials. Because so many times people think essentials are the needs versus the wants. And I don't, I don't do that. Um, this person was saying uh, that one of her essentials was whipped cream. Now, I, I, it totally caught you off guard, right? Because you're like, For okay, sure. housing, transportation, clothing, whipped cream. I, I um, can't say I've run across that essential before. <laughs> I hadn't either. And yet it is one of the things that perfectly describes what I'm trying to get across here. That individual had a very emotional and uh, almost nostalgic attachment to whipped cream. They use it on lots of things in their house. It is a staple food, but it creates memories for them. And for that, like, that's like, that's exactly what this is all about. So she's like, come hell or high water, I will have money for whipped cream. Now, you're not going to have to use whipped cream as your essential, but if you know, like, you know, your kids absolutely like eggs, for example, and like that is an essential in your life, then you see that go from a dollar a dozen to seven, eight, ten, twelve dollars a dozen, then is it truly an essential for you? And if the answer is yes, there's nothing wrong with that. You just find a way to make it work. <laughs> right, so, for sure. But, but if you haven't identified what those essentials are, it becomes a lot tougher because you're hearing all these messages from all these different places, right? So, so the people who I've been working with for a while, it's not as much of a problem. So now we're looking at the ones who come panicking, like, what do we do? How do we make this work? I've got no money left at the end of the month. I'm going to be honest with you. I would just do exactly what I would do normally because, totally. yeah, because we can't, we can't control what is going on around us. You know, my podcast talks about, um, our money, our circumstances, and the small changes of behavior that will have a big impact on both. There is this idea that we can't control our circumstances. 
We can control how we react to those circumstances. And oftentimes that creates new circumstances that I like to call circumstantial outcomes because it seems like it's a circumstance, but it's not. It's actually just a, a reflection of what we chose in the moment. So there are there's that balance between those two. But if we think for one second that we have control over what's going on around side of us, we're we're just fooling ourselves. So, <laughs> totally. so, so we talk about, okay, what can we control in the situation? And if it's not that, then how do we react in a way that it keeps you on the trajectory? It keeps you feeling like you're in integrity. You know, I, I don't want people, there are lots of things we could do. They could steal eggs, right? There are things they that they could yeah. do to make this work. But that's not, I don't work with people who want to steal eggs for the record. Um, but that's, it's just an example of, yeah, there are lots of ways you can handle this situation, but what keeps you in alignment with your values? What keeps you aligned with your integrity? And uh, people who have honesty and integrity as their core values are not going to go steal. <laughs> so for so sure. it's, it's part of it is just, again, identifying who they are so that we can lean into that. And I think that's what's so important about the personal finance aspect of everything, right? Because yeah. even in today's world with AI and robo advisors, and you know, you can you can do anything that's almost you know get it done right now, and, and you get just blanket help and, and blanket ideas, right? But yes. without actually working with an individual and identifying all these things that you're talking about, and that person, the robot or whoever AI might not have known that that person really wanted whipped cream and that was their <laughs> essential. So, I mean, it, it's so important to, um, even for both of us to understand our clients, but more importantly, to help the clients almost understand themselves. Um, because a lot of times I think that, you know, that's part of our job is to help them identify some of those things that they might not even realize are there. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you said it because it's twofold. Not only do we want them to be able to, not only do I want to be able to draw out of them what information they have about themselves so that they can identify it, but also my job is to fire myself from them. <laughs> but ultimately, if I've done a good job, they don't need me forever. And so what I want them to be able to do is make those solid decisions on their own eventually, but have it be where it truly reflects who they are. And that, that's going to be a lot easier for them to do if they've gone through this exercise of figuring out who they are in the first place. Uh, yeah, that's so awesome. 